podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I am very much still Boyd Hilton. Josh Landy is very much still Josh in his resplendent Soho House style office. And we're joined by AF Camden. Not AFC Camden, as I always point out. AF Camden. Twitter. Um, Twitter master extraordinaire. Arsenal, Arsenal tweeter <laughs> extraordinaire. Hello, a.k.a. Dean. Hello, Dean. How's it going? Not too bad, boys. Not too bad. How are you getting on? Not bad either. Yeah, I'm I'm uplifted. Your your um Twitter feed is is pretty much a a positive force for good in the sense that you're always very positive. Um you're unlike me, my 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 kind of default setting is negative, I would say, to pessimistic, you know, generally. Not negative, but pessimistic for sure, when it comes to Arsenal and football. Whereas you, you know, you kind of rally us round. Um, and I think that's a very good thing, I would say. Um, like, for example, you tweeted uh, seven hours ago, you said, um, if you offered us this position when we found out that Gabriel Jesus was out for two or three months, most, if not all of us, would have taken it. That's why I'm looking at the City game as nothing nothing other than a massive opportunity for us. We will get stronger in the coming weeks. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we'll get to we'll get to obviously your predictions later, but we'll leave that to the, to the very end, the thing that makes this uh, podcast different to all the other podcasts. But in general, <laughs> even after the refereeing Farago <laughs> that I feel we have to start with, with the Brentford game, you're still feeling positive. Yeah, I think by nature, I'm generally quite an optimistic person. And I think football should be a positive get out for, for people and we should try and get it positively if we can. Um, straight after the game, I was really pissed off. And in the stadium, you know, I'm a bit of a different animal. But after I've had a moment to think it through, digest um, and try to analyse it as I know, fairly as possible, I think we are in a pretty good position because as soon as we found out about the Jesus injury back in December, I think we're all, all right, that's it, done, we're finished. And I remember somebody tweeted me, you know, as long as we're level on points with City, uh, by the time we get to them, considering we haven't got Jesus and considering the fixtures we've had, you know, Man United, Tottenham, Newcastle, Brighton away, which is a tough game for anyone. I think we're still in a pretty good position. It's just a sequence of results. It, mm. It's just a bit annoying, to be honest. And, you know, especially if going one nil up with 20 minutes to go on the weekend. And now knowing what we do about the offside, it's a bit frustrating. Mm. Have you seen, Josh, the um, the table of this year, this calendar year? Um, where we're quite low and teams like Man United are at the top, basically City are doing much better than us. Even Spurs are above us, I think, in the in the form of this kind of the year. Now, we have only played five games in that period, the five league games, so that's a slight caveat. But we this is our blip, isn't it? We have to face that, I think. This is our... if And if this is our kind of um, problematic period um, in which the form has dipped for quite a few players, I feel then it could be worse. How do you feel? It could be worse or it could be better. We will get on to the refereeing for our go, as I say. But in general, what's your feeling about this 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 period we're in at the moment and reflecting on how we could have lost that Brentford game quite easily? You're right. We we definitely could have. I'm taking heart, trying to be optimistic as afternoon, and Dean is the perfect guest to have on, on such a time ahead of what he called on Twitter the biggest game of yeah. the Premier League era, era the Emirates era, the Emirates era, yes, yes, era. of the yeah. Emirates era. That's fine. It was quite a long time, fifteen years, yeah, yeah. Uh, longer. Um, we'll come on to that and see if there's any challenges mm. to that. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to be positive. You know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking it wasn't very long ago we went to White Hart Lane and won really convincingly. It wasn't very long ago we beat Man United at home. Okay, what have we done? We've lost to Man City away, where every team in this country we, we lost away one 0 We didn't get smashed up. Everton, we spoke about it last week. Are we unlucky that we were the first opposition under Sean Dyche? I think, yes. Did we play horrendously and, you know, arguably not deserve a draw? I don't, I don't think so. I think we could have easily had a draw. And we got what we deserved on Saturday against the Brentford team, who I think are unbeaten in nine in the Premier yeah. League. Yeah. This 
this isn't quite as bad as it possibly could look from the outside. And okay, let's ignore the FA Cup. Our, our blip is an away defeat and a point at home to a team in the Premier League undefeated in nine, who let's not forget went to Man City and and won. Like this is this is not quite as horrendous as it as it could mm. be. But wow, has it turned Wednesday into a? I mean, it's an obvious comment, but it must not lose. Because if there is psychological doubt going on amongst the players, having having lost at City, even though they played well, having lost at Everton to a team, you know, at the foot of the table, being one that up against, you know, Brentford and found a way not to win the game, then you just fear of what happens if they lose to mm. Man City. And maybe the psychological effects of what happened last year in the game where Arsenal were, were so brilliant at home and, and ended up, losing so yeah it's just a, a huge fixture but yeah maybe we shouldn't be quite as um deflated mm. as as maybe it feels um do you at think, the moment yeah do you think dean that there's two ways of looking at that what happened against brentford on there which which is well there's probably lots of ways of looking at it, but but the, the two i'm thinking of are that that the refereeing decision was so horrendous and unjust that it's going to galvanise the team. And in a sense that in the way that Man City have clearly been galvanised by all the, the 115 charges against them, I feel like Pep has used that. I mean, he himself said it actually in one in the press conference that he felt mentally they're much more on it since that, since he's using that whole situation with the Premier League charging them. Um, and and I assume, I assume Arteta is going to use the unjust, the, the materially unjust um, ruling out of uh, refusal to rule out their goal, their off, doubly offside goal, to 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 kind of bring the team together as if as if we, I don't, I, but but you know my feeling is that mentally it might be really difficult for them because they know that that game we found a way right it was really difficult Brentford uh, Brentford as Josh said played brilliantly but particularly they made it really difficult for us to attack them and create many chances certainly in the first half and we found a way to score that goal right and for me like that was a perfect case of uh, to win a league to win the Premier League you need those kinds of games where it's really really difficult you're not at your best the opposition play out of their skins and you still find a way to win well we did all that really but we were totally scuppered and denied that win by a fucking one of the worst refereeing malfunctions, VAR malfunctions ever. And I want I, I worry that Man City's mental galvanization is going to work. But our one, maybe they're feeling maybe it's not. I don't know. But that's my natural pessimism. Yeah, it's it's hard to say. We'll know on Wednesday at 10 o'clock how yeah. the, the reaction has been. But what I will say is looking at the games that we've lost in this little blip. In none of the games have we been like completely battered, dominated. I think there's a no. we can say that Ivan Tony you know, probably dominated Saliba physically on Saturday, but it was not like a, a blip where we just folded. You know, I think it was there were some mitigating circumstances. I think Brentford are a very good side. Um, they beat Manchester City away. They've got a very good record against the top six. I think, in fact, we're the only team in the top six to have beaten them this season. So they'll give every team's uh, problem. So I don't. I think we can almost put that blip into isolation. And I think the good thing is we're a very good football team. So the game on Wednesday will suit us stylistically. I know it sounds ridiculous coming from Brentford to Man City and this game probably being better for us from a style point of view. But I actually think it will be. So I think we can almost put that blip into isolation going into the game on Wednesday, knowing that we're a good football team. Let's play our football game. And we've got a very good chance of winning this. And um, I was actually talking to a Manchester City fan today, just separately. And he said to me he would be happy to come here, come to the Emirates on on Wednesday and take a point. So we have to think about it like that. The mentality shift is huge. Manchester City are approaching this game thinking, if we get a point, that's not too bad. And that's speaking to a Manchester City fan from, from Manchester, not to say that he speaks for all of them, but I don't think he would have said that last season. And he talked about the game last season where we beat them 2-1. And that was the type of game they needed to win, where they weren't mm. playing very well to go and win the title. Mm. And that's probably you what sure? they should have been for us. Are you sure he's not playing psychological tricks on you? Like <laughs> no, he said he said he's going to take a point on Wednesday really? and fancy them to beat us at the Etihad in April. He said if he was to say, right. he was to offer him a point. Uh, okay. so I think psychologically, we have to look at it like that. Yeah, um, yeah. And going to it's the game with optimism. It's an interesting point because, in a way, Josh, a draw 
say we've got two draws out of these two league games with them, we're we're ahead, you know, of them. So in a way, their need to to beat us is slightly, you could say, slightly greater than our need to win that game. Although, you know, but do you know what I mean? So it's 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 on a knife edge, isn't it, in terms of who needs it more? But everything is on a knife edge. Yeah. Right it's now. A big knife edge. You look at the no, but you look at even the odds for the title. This is the first time this this season the bookmakers between them can't make up their minds. Some mm. have got Man City as favourites, some have got Arsenal, some have got them at exactly the same price. That is what we are dealing with now. You know, we we are in a couple of percent either way on the either side of fifty percent of how people feel this title um, is likely to go. With Manchester United, you know, still still in there at about you know twelve fourteen to one, so not quite fifty percent each way. But the point is being that the book is very split on Arsenal uh, and Manchester City here. The point that Dean just made about Man City fans, I would be coming to take a point. I. I, I get that as well, but I think that comes from a sense of them thinking they can overtake Arsenal sitting there three points behind. I think there's a confidence there that Arsenal will slip up as much. If they go six behind and they lose, then I don't think that confidence is quite there in the same way. And I think there's probably a lot of Arsenal fans who, if we deep into our hearts, it's obviously not over by any stretch of the imagination if we do lose on Wednesday. But wow, will we feel like we've, had a knife stuck through our, you know, stuck through us, and that it's going to be re- like hard mentally to to recover. But 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 we will still see. Man City are favourites to win this game on Wednesday with bookmakers. You know, it's it's a funny situation. You've got second team in the country coming to the first team away from home, and they are still favourites. And I think that you know is a little bit of a reminder to us about where we are, mm. where we are seen, and how we are how we are viewed, and the depth of our our squad so yeah yeah it just the whole i mean it, it is tense isn't it can you remember boyd a, a more tense premier league no. fixture coming to no. the emirates no i was trying to think on this because of course we we came pretty close back in 2008 didn't we mm. do you guys remember the the home there was a home game in in early april against liverpool um, in that season, we'd gone on a terrible run after the Birmingham. We'd, we'd drawn four games in a row. We went to Stamford Bridge, went one nil up at Stamford Bridge. Drogba scored twice. Then we went to Bolton. And then this game came against Liverpool and it felt like, wow, well, th- this is kind of it. Win today, go to Old Trafford and get a result and we can still win this title. And we didn't. We drew one all. Uh, Bentner got us an equaliser that day. That was the game I could come up with where you actually thought... Here we are going into a game against one of the other top teams involved at the top end of the table, needing to win to stay in a you know pole position in a in a title race, and we we couldn't do it that day. So let's hope for a, a different yeah. scenario Wednesday. I think this feels bigger because it's quite different, isn't it? This feels like this. I, I keep thinking of nineteen eighty nine. Basically, for me, this is like it's so unexpected that we're in this position, right? But in a way. That makes it, it's gone through, I've gone through like about 11 different um, emotions and kind of, you know, theories about this. But for me, we're now so far into the season, enough into the season, just over halfway. We played so well, we've got into this position and it and now it feels like it could be, if we won the Premier League now, this year, this season, that's a transformative, incredible achievement, a historically amazing achievement. Like it felt like in 1989 when George Grant when we won the when we won the league at, at Liverpool, um, I know that's going back a long way, but you know they were the the team to beat back then. You know they were like a brilliant, brilliant team, and we were the underdogs in that obviously in that final game. And it just feels I, I can't shake that feeling that this this could be so fantastic that I want it more. It feels like if we if we if we were like back you know if we get, went back to the period where Arsenal were winning leagues fairly regularly under Arsene Wenger, I feel like we were used to them being contenders, where we're so unused to being contenders now that it feels massive. It feels bigger to me, Dean. Do you know what I mean? It's like, so yeah, I'm completely in a state of um, massive tension and anxiety about it. And um, I, I mean, I was anxious before the Brentford game you know, but but before this city game, and in my, and I can't quite come to terms with the idea that we will beat them. I mean, we'll get on to predictions. I don't want predictions now, but I'm so kind of like on edge about it that it feels I can't quite picture beating them on Wednesday night yet. 
Yeah, especially after the last few results, I think. If yeah. we went into this game after winning a couple of games full of confidence, I think there would have been more confidence around the club and with the fan base. But what I was talking about, that the blip we've had, how we can kind of almost isolate it. If you think about the capitulation back in the last season after the international break, yeah, Bristol Palace, Brighton at home, Southampton away, that was a capitulation where not only did we lose games or drop points where we shouldn't have, we played absolutely terribly. I don't think we were that bad against Everton. Oh, you no. Know, the pitch was no. great. They had yeah. a manager bounce. Brentford, very good team away from home. They set up. They counted as well. And, you know, we probably would have won the game barring the VAR debacle. Um, that we'll come on to, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, I, I think we'll be able to isolate that. I think Arteta will be able to isolate that. The squad will be looking at this game thinking stylistically, Manchester City are not going to sit back and try and counter-attack us. There's yeah, going to yeah. be space for us to play. So if we play our best game at home, I think we can beat anybody this season. And I think that's the, that's the belief that the players have to have. And actually, I think it's the belief the fans have to have because there's been a bit of nervousness around the club. In the Manchester United game, I felt like a real nervousness in the first half. Brentford again. And I think that does transmit to the players a little bit because the stakes are so high. So I think... You know, yeah. a message to all supporters, let's let's go there, you know, let's be positive, let's be optimistic, let's sing, let's get loud from the start. Because I think that does have an impact on the players um on the pitch as well. Yeah, I think I think I think the players look have looked a bit nervy the last couple of games. And I don't, I never know whether that's you know the, the fans reflecting how the players are feeling or vice versa. I don't I don't know. But yeah, there is a nerviness. But I think that's understandable because that's what happens when you're quite close to the ultimate achievement in 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 the league and um every game is so important it takes on this massive massive significance so every moment is like feels huge as well but just to go just on the i mean you're very good point about the man city the way they play we have faced haven't we like three in a row games pretty much against teams who are brilliantly marshaled and organized and tough and do the low block when they're defending and all of that. Um, whereas that's, of course, it's not going to be City. I mean, City, yes, in, in against Aston Villa, didn't even have a fucking left back. It was absolutely extraordinary. I don't know if you watched that match, Josh, but on the one hand, it was like, of course, they went 3-0 up and they won the game. Absolutely classic Man City. But if you actually watched it, his mad tactics actually led to Villa could have scored in the first minute of that game. They had a really good chance in the first minute because they only had three people defending. And it was quite incredible. Once I think they realised they had to kind of snap into action because, you know, because that it was such an insane formation. They then, their good players came to the fore and they got the three goals, blah, blah, blah. But then in the second half, which Pep weirdly said was his preferred half, Villa were all over them for various periods and could have scored. You know, they had a brilliant shot. Um, they hit the bar. They did score. They were really, really challenging them. And their defence, the City defence, did not cope. I mean, our defence ha- has had bad moments in the last few games. I think that's true. But definitely getting at City, City are absolutely flawed defensively, I think, particularly. More than us, I feel. So, yeah, I mean, that is a that is a kind of one logical reason why we shouldn't be we should be optimistic in theory i like your optimism boys you're coming around to dean yeah. and i's yeah positivity here kind of we'll, we'll get you there by the yeah. end of this podcast okay villa definitely had big moments in the game uh even at the second half they they had opp- opportunities at, at three nil down to you know make the much more res- respectable scoreline and give arsenal and other premier league clubs maybe a little bit of encouragement. Look, a couple of weeks ago, Man United came and it was one of the all-time good, yeah. great, whatever yeah. word you want to use, Premier League games. It was it was a brilliant spectacle. Neutrals loved it. And I suspect most are hoping for similar on Wednesday. I don't know that we'll get it. It could be a real, you know, could be a really interesting, intriguing tactical game between the two managers who, of course, know each other so well and you know it it wasn't the greatest game in in the FA Cup the other week but it certainly you know made for um, a pretty even game so I think we do have reasons to uh, you know to to not um, to not fear them to kind of think we've shown even 13 months ago when we played them that we could kind of go toe-to-toe with them and you think of all the development and improvement that Arsenal made in the last 13 months uh, of course we can um you know, of yeah. course we can. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to 
try and be optimistic because I think anything else is 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 too sad. Much as leaving the stadium on, you know, on Saturday just felt like, you know, you, yeah. you have moments where you're like, why did I ever believe? <laughs> why yeah. did I quite ever believe? You... It's the it's the hope that, that kills yeah. you. But um, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm going to say positive point. Yeah, we were all there. We were all there, right? The game on on Saturday. How? What was your view of the of the? We have to talk about the the offside then. Go well, on. I had. I couldn't have been in a worse location. Right. I'm in the other corner, right? I'm yeah. down away in yeah. the other corner, back back of block 12. But I've really started to feel the longer of our decision takes, the more things get ruled out. And I was growing so confident. It took 30 yeah. seconds. I'm like, the longer this goes, we'll be all right. They'll find something. There's no way they're taking this long and they can't find something. And just increasingly in my area around us, the people around me were like, we'll be all right here. Like I'd already mentally thought this is this is going to be ruled out. I'm looking forward to the roar of the Arsenal fans. This gets ruled out. Um, but yeah, obviously had absolutely zero idea what, what they were looking into. And it was another of those moments where you think, this is a shit experience for a supporter in 2023 to be at a football stadium. And I've got no idea yeah. what's going on. I can't see yeah. it. I don't know what they're looking at or why. And I've just got to sit here like a, a lemon. The only time I enjoyed that experience in a stadium was when I, um, with work, sat in a seat right behind the opposition bench for the North London derby. And there was a VAR decision in that game. So I was able to see a screen of exactly what was going on, the conversation, what the viewers at oh, home wow. were seeing. And that's fine. That was fine. And that's ultimately, don't forget, that's what the benches are able to see. The benches do have access to, you know, to to see yeah. you know, some element of what's, what's going on. But... It's a shit experience in the stadium. So I don't know. Boyd, you had probably had a better angle on it from where your seats are, I imagine. Not really. Not really. Funny enough, no, no not really. Um, I did think, uh, I mean, I, first of all, the foul, right? The foul that led to the free kick um, that led to that goal was not a foul, right? He, there, there, it was it was Ivan Tony, in fact, who was grabbing onto, um, was it Gabriel, I think, or um, uh, Gabriel Saliba for that foul? Saliba, um, he was doing Saliba. the whole game. Yeah, Saliba. The back, right? right, Saliba, sorry, yeah. Um, and it was, you know, it's a complete 50-50, you know, as to who, I mean, in fact, I, you know, just I just didn't think it was a foul. So that was the first thing. So I did see that incident and I was like, oh God, I kind of, my thought was to blame, blame Saliba. Then I watched it back on TV. I'm like, actually it wasn't his fault at all for conceding that free kick. And then, then the goal. And then I just thought, oh, that's the kind of thing where it could be offside, but I had absolutely no idea from where I sit because it's, it's pretty much is the other side as well in, in the in the roughly in the corner. Um, Dean, I mean, what, should, what what could be? I mean, is there even? I, I, you know, part of me wants to rant as everyone else has. You know, from match of the day through to um, you know. Uh, uh, I've seen people, Kevin Campbell, I saw was on Sky today ranting about it. Everyone, I mean, this is like one of the rare moments, is it, when even opposition fans have to acknowledge the absolute cretinous nature of this decision, particularly because it took so long, as Josh said. And apparently the story of, why, of what happened was it took so long that the idiot in, in, in charge of the VAR um just forgot, just was so involved, embroiled in sorting the first bit out that you forgot to draw the lines for the second element of the second offside. But I don't know, it just feels, I feel like if it really does come down to two points, one or two points at the end of the season for who wins the Premier League, which let's face it, could absolutely very easily happen. Do you think, you know, is our fury going to be so much that we like, can't, it's like, you know, <laughs> we're combustible? Or do you go, that, that, League victory by Man City, where we came really close, is forever tainted by the fact that we were denied a perfectly good victory, in theory, um, in that game. Well, hopefully, it doesn't, hopefully it doesn't come to that. I, I just think it's unacceptable. You know, in any other multi-billion pound industry, mistakes like that wouldn't be tolerated. It just would not be tolerated. And it really does put a question mark over the integrity and the fairness of the league because ultimately you've got people in a box who are unaccountable making decisions away from the stadium. So you already feel like there's an element of loss of control. That person's not in the environment, not feeling the atmosphere. So, you know, I've never really personally been a fan of VAR. I don't think the decisions have noticeably improved over time um since we've had the introduction of var and the fan experience as you mentioned just terrible like you're just sitting there like a lemon for a couple of minutes hoping that somebody in a box in the 
you know, Stockley Park's going to wipe off a goal for you and make you happy again. And I don't think that's the football experience I initially signed up for. But, but look, I could go on and on about how referees have stuffed us over the years. I do think there is an unconscious bias negatively towards Arsenal. You know, referees see us as soft, easy to get at, easy targets. You know, our players get more yellow cards per game compared to when they were playing for Manchester City. If you look at Gabriel Zichenko, for example. Um, and, you know, a lot of the referees are based up in the Northwest and people cannot tell me that there's not even an inch, like an inch of bias when you live up in the Northwest. You're surrounded by supporters of clubs in the Northwest. Even if you've got no interest in football yourself, you're bound to know somebody who knows somebody that loves Manchester United. And, you know, you're out for a beer with somebody and somebody makes a, a snarky comment about favouring Manchester United next weekend. You know, small things like that. It might sound far-fetched, but it has an influence. And I do think there's always been an unconscious bias towards Arsenal in particular, but, you know, London clubs in general. And yeah, what happened on the weekend was like completely unacceptable. We, you know, we had an apology, but, you know, that's no good to us. You know, I put that, um, I mocked up a table and put it on the, on Twitter about us being on 51 points plus an apology. But, uh, mm. but unfortunately, that's, uh, you know, you don't win titles with that. Yeah, I mean, I hear what you're I mean, I'd, I hear what you're saying about the unconscious bias. I mean, maybe. I mean, but Brighton had a pretty outrageous decision yeah. against. I'm them. thinking more about like the last 20 years, of, right? Like, yeah, being yeah. An Arsenal fan, and sure. especially going against like Manchester United over the years and what it was like back then. So, yeah, I do think there's still an element of that in decision making against Arsenal. I just think it's easier to make decisions against Arsenal. It's easier to book Arsenal players. It's easier to send Arsenal players off. I don't know if it, you know, it was easier to forget to draw a line because it was Arsenal, but. But yeah, it just feels like we're always on the wrong end of the stick. Mm. I mean, I don't know. I haven't checked the stats, but my feeling is this season that probably our disciplinary record is really, really good. I mean, I don't feel like we've had to have that many players booked or sent off. Have we had any players sent off this season? In fact, I can't remember. Um, but I know that's better than last season. <laughs> yeah, which is what I'm saying. Yeah, much better than last season. But I think when you're playing well, you know, when when you reach this level of the level of football we're playing at now, it feels like almost natural that you concede fewer pointless stupid free kicks and you, you your players are much have learned their lessons the player, our player, I think our players have learned their lesson their rashness I mean you know let's hope this carries on for the city game I, I think they have done better you know and so I don't know but you I mean you, you it's a the, certainly your point about all those referees in the northwest is valid and I think actually the the um they need to sort that out almost because because it allows us to have conspiracy theories, doesn't it? I mean, if you can, it is weird. It's bizarre. Like I saw that map today. I don't know if it, I mean I didn't. I don't check these things. I have no idea. But the map that someone drew sh- showing where all the refs are from. There's not one in London. That is yeah. right. That, is that, that true? Can that be true? Yeah, that's the that crazy is, thing. That, that is, is the crazy thing. Yeah, that is weird, isn't it, Josh? I mean, uh, you, you know me. I, I just think it, it's a bad look, isn't it? It is a bad look. Then one. Premier League referees from London. It's just odd. Um, but hang on. But hang yeah. on. Well, even if they were from London, if there was any possible link back to yeah. Arsenal or a, you know, a rival club, they wouldn't be involved in the fixture. I mean, I've I've met several former referees through through work stuff, and I mm. I can't tell you how professional I think these these people really are. I I'm I'm not with you, Dean. I'm afraid on, on this one. I I do think that once. Like a player, they they cross that white line. They are there to to do a job. I don't think there is an element of of prejudice in there um, against certain clubs. I imagine you you might get it against certain individuals just because naturally, you know, certain individuals gives you grief year after year every time you you play against them. Then possibly, but I'm I don't know. I, I I'd like to think no referee goes out thinking, great, I've got Arsenal today. I can find a way to to do them. I just, no, no, I just I, don't. I think I've met enough like former referees who, who really feel they've got, um, I feel they do. There is that level of integrity there in doing their job and they're professional. And these are people that want to be keeping their job year after year. And let's not forget how hard they've all had to work to get to the very top of their professions and get to the Premier League because they've had to do a lot of much worse football to to get to that point and they want to stay there and if they're no good at what they do there is a chance of being demoted back to a lower level of football um i don't think they want that so i i don't I will know say this, i think it's though. frustrating i will yes, say this though right 
I feel like referees are all too human. And I do think, I don't think there's any uh, uh, complete, uh, there's no conspiracy, there's no conscious conspiracy. But I do think, and funnily enough, the two incidents this weekend that really sh- kind of shocked me, almost even more than our one, was when that the one that sent off the player after two bookings, booking him because he was the third person to go and speak, go marching up to the referee. And it happened a bit again yesterday as well in one of the games, with another the third player to go and speak, the referee got booked. He wasn't sent off. But that, what a weird thing that is to do. Do you know what I mean? To, and I think I feel like the guy who was sent off on Saturday for being the third man to go to the referee, go on. Lamina. Lamina. Yeah, Lamina, yeah. thank you. I forget all their names, obviously. Lamina was so unjust. And that felt like that referee, at that moment in his mind, would deliberately went out of his way to send off a player because, out of pure spite, and pure kind of like, you know, no, absolutely not following the rules. Where's the fucking rule that says the third one who comes and approaches me, I have to book and send off? So interestingly, I was on a call earlier with someone okay. who was doing commentary on that game. And I was asked if after yeah. the game, you know, what, what they were told. And apparently it was due to his aggressive manner in his walking over um, to the referee. And never have I heard such crap in my life. That right. is you, that is a fair point. That is just human. You answer right. going, Right. I'm not here to be like aggressively and, and, and do you know what? I wonder if in that moment, does he, you know, is he, he's not thinking clearly about actually to remove someone from the pitch for, for doing that. And they make errors. I'm not saying referees don't make errors mm, mm. and they are subject but, to, you know, mistakes, well, but we've yeah. seen VAR as subject to mistakes and that's supposed to be mistake free. Yeah. But to me, that was a moment of spite. By the referee, not just an error, not you know, just just a little nasty little moment. By and I think if they're if they're c- capable of that, fuck knows what else they're capable of, Dean. <laughs> and and just to add, I, I'm not saying there's like a conspiracy where you know the Premier League and the FA are coming together to say no, we don't want yeah. Arsenal to win anything. I just think there's an underlying unconscious bias that sits within those communities and those groups. You know, Arsenal soft, they don't like it up. Um, you know, we had that for years under Wenger, that almost that xenophobic kind of element of mm. bringing foreign players into the league that were a bit more flair, not as robust. You know, we saw Jose Reyes get kicked out of a game and, you know, by the Neville brothers and they didn't see a yellow card between them or at least for, you know, most of the first half. So, you know, I, I, I do think there's a bias towards, you know, it's easier to make calls against Arsenal and I think we are slowly changing that perception in terms of the, the makeup of our team and, you know, the referees and the institutions that were running the referees 20 years ago, you know, like Mike Wiley, for example, is no longer around. Um, but, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm by no means saying referees are out to get Arsenal specifically in a game of football. I just think sometimes, you know, it, it can be easy to make those big yeah. calls against Arsenal. We should go for a break. We'll, we'll talk more about the break. What we really need, though, just in t- final thing on this point on the VAR, we need that automatic that thing they used in the World Cup with offsides, don't we? I mean, that just that just solves this problem. I don't know why they're not using that technology in the Premier League. You can't because it's so expensive, or is it so? I mean, they've got fucking bazillions in the bank. The Premier League. It seems insane they're not using that technology. That would have completely disallowed that uh, that goal. Um, anyway, loads more to discuss. Um, big city uh, thoughts, more, even more city thoughts coming up, uh, what we think is going to happen on Wednesday, etc. after this break. And we're back from the break. Um, just just a few points about the game on Saturday as well, apart from the, the refereeing disaster. What did you make, Dean, of the, the fact that he's sticking, Alteta stuck with the team, right? The, the, the His preferred first 11, he's played week in, week out, he's stuck with that team, even though you could say a couple of players at least slightly dipping in form. In Martinelli, for example, you, I would say, um, you know, Maybe Ben White, I don't know. And he, he stuck with them. And I, I actually am in favour of that. I thought it was good that he stuck with them. But do you think he's going to, she should stick with them again against Man City? Or, you know, is there a kind of stick and twist situation? Should he think about maybe bringing, bringing Trossard in, who scored, took that goal very well? Or should he stick with this team that has become, to an extraordinary extent almost, the team that he picks week in, week out? Yeah, I'm quite torn like you as well about what we should do on Wednesday. And I'm actually for stability and continuity in team selection. We've been playing one game a week pretty much for the last three or four weeks, right? So it's not been there's not been a need to change players from a fitness point of view. 
But actually, I think our rhythm might have been disrupted a bit because we hadn't been playing that frequently. Like there was eight days between Manchester yeah. City and the Everton game and then another seven days before we played Brentford. So, you know, maybe the fact we've had a game and then another game straight after, hopefully our rhythm will improve. I am actually I'm in an iron about playing Trossard up front and dropping Eddie to the bench and Ooh. almost... I think Manchester City are going to go with a false nine against us, have an extra man in midfield. I think the fact that Haaland came off the uh, came off the pitch at halftime yesterday almost gives him an excuse to leave him on the bench for this game. I think he wants the extra man in midfield. I think we should go like for like, bring Trossard into the centre, keep Martinelli on the left and have Eddie on the bench, who's not gone off the boil, but you know maybe hasn't looked as threatening in the last few games. That's probably what I would do. I would maintain kind of the rest of the team as it is. But um, but yeah, generally speaking, I like the continuity. But as we go into the Europa League and fixtures start to build up, then you know, I expect we see a lot more rotation. Josh, what do you think? I think he's got a fascinating decision on mm. Trossard. Um, you know, obviously he's scored, so it's very easy to focus on on him. But it's felt like a change is needed in in this lineup for me, and I. Do uh, do get the feeling that that Trossard will will get his way into the lineup. I feel that's instead of Martinelli. I think Nketiah probably stay up front. There are moments in that game against Brentford and possibly away at Everton where you 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 don't criticise Nketiah for for anything because he's done a fantastic job in the last six seven weeks when he's kept in. But those moments where you thought we are. We could do with an alternative up front, yeah. an alternative type of player. But, you know, to be honest, not one that was necessarily have had a the club, a target man, or, you know, just for the frustration, just to be able to mix it up. Um, but yeah, I think Trossard will come into the team. The other one that I think certain supporters were wondering was whether Tommy Asu replaces Ben White. But he's if he's stuck with Ben White after performances in the last couple of weeks. I don't see suddenly why he'll he'll change that one on Wednesday. So yeah, I, I think just one change. What do you think, Boyd? Do you think one change? Um I mean I think if there is going to be a change it will be that I agree with you. I, I can't see him putting Trossard in for for Eddie. I have to I agree with you there. And just going by his substitutions recently, he's taken Martinelli off a couple of times, hasn't he? And brought Trossard on. And so you can see that pattern there. Whereas Eddie stayed on, didn't he? I think again for the full game um, on Saturday. I think he might not change it though. Again, I think he might stick with it again, but just because that team. And I know Martinelli, by his very high standards, has slipped a bit. You could say, um, and I know um, Trossard scored the goal. I just think against Man City of all teams. One huge big thing for us with this with this consistency of team selection is all the interrelationships and the fact that all that, you know, he loves the fact that they all know where they are on the pitch at any given time and they can, you know, kind of that um Ben White can go forward and it'll be covered at the back and just all those little details that make that he's absolutely ram, rammed home with this these 11 players. I think he would be really, really tempted to stick with them. And I think also, I think I feel personally, I think he probably does as well. That Martinelli, for example, was due a really good game, and you know, and what and what you know, maybe that comes against City, who are, as we've said, are vulnerable. I think particularly, you know, you could see Saka and Martinelli attacking from right from the wings, right from wide, is exactly the thing that might be really effective against City. So I think he might stick with it again, you know. Um, and if it's not going brilliantly, then bring Trossard on again as the substitute, but. Yeah, I think I wouldn't be surprised at all if he sticks with the, the same team. Boyd, it's a massive game. What's your pre-match activity on Wednesday? That's a big we, question, Dean, as well. Yeah, we are going for um, we're going for a, a, a meal. Yeah, a little bit of um, Greek uh, on uh, Blackstock Road. Big, say. Yes. Yeah, it's a big game. I would I would hope it's, you a, are. Big it's game, a big game. Yeah, very nice. My only I've I've ran this point home to the to the WhatsApp group to to those of us who are gathering. For, for you, you'll, you'll make it for the second half, oh, boys. Casual let, A15. Don't worry about that. Fuck off. Fuck away. So you, you laugh, I laugh, but it's a very good point, Josh, because we're more than capable. Even in this game, the most important game, as Dean rightly says, of the Emirates era, of getting there a bit late. So I am trying to Listen. marshal 
But listen, I'm trying to. The good things are we're eating in a place that's literally like a 10 minute, 12 minute walk to the stadium, as opposed to often where we go somewhere like the Angel or somewhere we have to, you know, get a fucking car or whatever there. We can walk, we can run. But it's a 7 30 kickoff. This is the thing. Everyone's people assuming it's 7 45. Even the stadium announcer, did you hear him? The stadium announcer after the game on Saturday said, join us 7 45 next Wednesday. No, you. No, you didn't. I no, did. I didn't realise. I believe so. Unless I imagined it. I believe so. And I was like, no, 7.30, I'm right. trying to nail this point home. So you're going to make sure you, that back my, that you insist on when you yeah. go to that place, if you're I, going to be taking, take away, eat that it, on your walk down. If it kills me, I'm going to get us out of there by seven. And that gives us time by the way, to, to check out the resplendent. I've checked out the resplendent uh, murals, which are all fantastic outside the stadium. Before I actually got there a bit early. Uh, genuinely, I got there early enough so that I could have a walk around the whole stadium, and, it, and they look so fantastic. So I'm hoping that, you know, Dermot and co will want to have check out the uh, the murals. So that's that's to get them there, to get us there fully in time. Josh, what are you so, doing? Well, I have asked a favour I have Martin, who's a, who's a client. People know Keon. Um, is, Keon is working with the Malaysian TV. Um, of course, and I basically asked, you know, I asked if I'll I'll go with basically. Uh, so I'm going to go with. Um, I'm I'm going to go back to my ticket, my season ticket, because it's my my cousin's birthday, and we said we'll do the game together. But I'm I'm going to go with there a couple of hours before the game, about half five, because it's great. They they kind of um, do a bit of their pre-match from pitch side and i just thought it'd be great to just be around it and and sort of mm. you know kind of feel feel the atmosphere from pitch side and sort of be be very close to the warm-up but i'm going to be sat in my season ticket but i'm going to be yeah in the stadium from probably about five oh. five thirty so i definitely won't be late that's uh <laughs> that's for sure i'll be two so and a half lucky. hours earlier oh i'm so jealous dean what about you what's your what's your uh uh, no change for me. Holloway work before the game. Um, I've not really had a boo since the start of this year, so um, I will be treating myself on Wednesday evening. And it's the kind of game you want to be well old for. I think. Um, I think I'm a, I'm a little <laughs> so bit more speak. vocal after a few. Yeah, but it's interesting what you say there, Dean, about being well oiled because I did think it, the atmosphere was flat at some extent on on Saturday, and I think that is Arsenal fans' nerves yeah, about oh, yeah. the situation that we're in, yeah, and the definitely. fact that it was sort of nil nil for a long time. The atmosphere wasn't as good as it as it has well, been. Obviously, huge noise when we scored, and then yeah. it felt people. And also, did you, and, did you notice yeah. as well? Just before we scored, actually, the stadium started to sing, and there was yes. a bit of an atmosphere. And I'm yes. not saying that's the reason we scored, but we almost owe it to the team to kind of suck up the nerves. You know, they've given us an amazing first half of the season. Let's get yeah. in there. You know, let's yeah. be loud and let's get in there early as well. Boys. I actually, yeah, I, I <laughs> yes, absolutely. Do. I, but to your point, Josh, about the atmosphere, I actually thought before the game it was great. I, I still think before the game it's always really good at the moment. And but I think it's just when because we, I thought we've got a bit used to. We've been scoring early. One of the features of our brilliant, brilliant run up until the last couple of weeks has been scoring early and that and of course that galvanizes the crowd and everyone's on board i thought the i think the atmosphere every single game is good to start with and when when we don't take a couple of chances early on and in fact brentford had a couple of really good chances early on against us that's when everyone does get understandably nervous but that's totally understandable because so many of us you know a people are too young to be in this position where every single game is so important and those of us who are really old can remember what it was like living through every single game being so important so of course i was nervous i was absolutely nervous and i will be 10 times as nervous on wednesday can i just say one of the reasons why this is like even seems even more important that we win this i do feel now with the whole man city like um you know the charges and the pep that ridiculous pep um press conference where he was like going on about are we responsible for you know people slipping over Steven Gerrard slipping over in that game and him taking absolutely no, not acknowledging in any way and man city not acknowledging in any way there's really strong important charges being leveled at them and their fans i did, i got into a into a twitter um hole uh, after the game on saturday just looking at how how they're responding to this whole situation and their bunker mentality is i, I think it's embarrassing it's like your 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 club is owned by a fascist regime in the middle east basically you know you're 
these these accusations of abuse are really really serious accusations, and they're kind of saying, oh, everyone's against us. You know, the pre- other big Premier League teams are deliberately going out of our way to prosecute us. So, like, well, these charges are there. You know, they were strong. They, they, you know, they're not they're not being made up by your rivals. And I don't even accept the idea. This is turning into a rant. Sorry, I don't I don't accept the idea that the Premier League wants to 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 ban them or drop drop them into league or find the points. I think the Premier League loves having Man City. As a, as a huge team, the more the, the you know the Manchester bring the best players in the world and the best manager in the world to their Premier League. So it, it doesn't make sense this paranoia about everyone being out to get them at all. No, you're going to get different sectors of different supporters from all clubs who are who would I go know. into that kind of mode. I, and I I hate to say it, but I think we'd have a fair whack of Arsenal fans who would be acting similarly ah. on social media. Were Maybe. Arsenal. Faced but. with the same charges. Now, I, I should point out on last week's podcast, I made a slight error with talking about what had happened with Man City and feeling like they want their day in court to prove their innocence, as they did with um, UEFA. Now, obviously, that wasn't entirely right because with UEFA, you know, they went from potentially being kicked out of European competition and fined thirty million to being fined ten million. So, yeah. you know, to be clear, yeah. they were not cleared of, of yeah. all charges. And, and I, someone pointed that out, and it's important to clarify. But here we have a club who are 100% putting out that they are not guilty of these charges sure. and that they they want to you know go through this process now to to have that and we do live in a society where we you know shouldn't be judging people guilty uh, at this stage and it, it is fascinating because whatever happens with this you've got the ability for either side to appeal right man city yeah. lose they appeal Premier League lose their yeah. appeal. So this yeah. is probably not three months, six months. This could be a year. So uh, it, what it probably does mean is that people were sort of wondering how it affects this title race. I don't think it does. No, I don't think we're reaching not. a decision. We're not reaching a decision by by May. So even, you know, any potential, you know, uh, of that going on in the background is not going to come into play in the next sort of three and a half months of, hmm. of, of this season. So I, I think all fans would go into a little bit like everyone hates us. Man City have had to deal with it more than maybe any other club. I guess Chelsea went through similar. Newcastle are going to go through this kind of situation as well, of feeling yeah. like everyone's against us. So All I'd say is, I'll bring Dean in a sec. All I'd say is, I genuinely think, I've seen really the, the more intelligent and kind of, I, I would have thought more, um, you know, the less hysterical kind of fan of Man City, even going into this kind of paranoia about everyone's everyone's deliberately going out to get us, and it's all some kind of conspiracy by all these by the clubs, blah 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 blah. And, and that take that lead from Pep, I think, and Pep, that was Pep Pep's uh, comments as well. I just feel the dignified way. If it, it, if it happened to us, if we were owned by that, you know, I find it annoying that we're owned by a right wing family, you know, from America. You know, I, I, I'm not going to pretend I don't find that annoying. It's like kind of pretending that you're absolutely fine with everything that's happened with your club, with the ownership and the riches and the and how that and how that success has been achieved. Being all kind of defensive about it is annoying. Dean, my my rant is pointless. But the point I was trying to make was, it because it's them, because it is Man City who I really, really can't stand in this current incarnation. It makes it feel even more brilliantly pleasurable if we do beat them and go on to win the league and even more devastating if they go above us on Wednesday yeah I agree their fans are actually really annoying I don't know if you've been to the city of Manchester Stadium but they are very entitled for a club that's only turned up in the last 10 years so you know Man United fans are bad and we all know that living in London but their fans are actually really annoying um I actually said on Twitter as soon as that news came out I don't want them to be points this season I want to beat them square Mm. Um, and I think people misinterpreted that for fair. Obviously, we know on the balance of play, things haven't been fair. If we look at Chelsea and Manchester City in the last 10 or 15 years, the way they've been able to spend and, you know, write off debt or inflate commercial deals, which is the, the accusation towards Manchester City. But I don't want any kind of asterisk against us if we were to go on and win the league this season. And more importantly, I think we can beat them without a points deduction this season. So, yeah, let's yeah. hopefully they get their day in court and they get, you know, I suppose what justice is served, so to speak. But um, for us, we just need to focus on, you know, win this game on Wednesday because I think we can beat them and, you know, we can win the league without a point deduction. Yeah, no, we can, we could. Right, uh, let's do it, shall we? Let's predict what is going to happen. Oh, God, on Wednesday. <laughs> I'm going to go to you first, Dean. 
So after what I just said about us you know, being able to win the league yeah. without yeah. points deduction, uh, no, in all seriousness, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be pragmatic and be sensible. I'm gonna say one-one. Uh, I think Trossard will score again. I think Trossard will start, um, and that is my prediction. Josh. Well, I think we hope Haaland doesn't make it, but there's Do obviously we? good options for. Um, That's interesting. Maybe, but yeah, you know, no, I you know. no, I don't don't want okay. to see the okay. No, don't want to see Haaland. I mean, to, I, uh, I think he'll play. By the way, I think he'll definitely. I think the whole thing about be. taking. I yeah. think the whole thing about taking him off on Sunday was a smokescreen. But carry on. Could be, could be yeah. correct. I think it will be a draw as well. And if it's a draw, you feel like one-one is the the most logical uh, answer. But I'll, I'll say two-two. But. That's fine. I mean, look, it's a weird, wasn't it? You've got Man City fans kind of say they'll take a draw. We'll yeah. say we'll take a draw, but we've been so influenced by what's happened in the last 10 days because, yeah, like coming after that Man United game, we thought, no, but bring them on, bring them on. It like, doesn't matter who you are now you come to the Emirates, we feel we're going to beat you. And, uh, yeah, let's hope we get a performance similar to what we did against United. What do you think, Boyd? Well... My head says my head says we're going to lose this game. I have to say, um, I just feel they they've just come into form at right. I mean, in the same way as we played Everton at the very worst moment of the season, I think we're playing them at the very worst moment. They they even despite all the frailties I was talking about against Villa, I just think they've got that aura about them, um, and it's really annoying me. And I feel like and I feel like our players are going to be more nervous than their players. On Wednesday, and that could be really factor. So my head says we're going to lose the game. My heart says we're going to get a draw. Um, yeah. But I might actually predict we'll lose, and then I'm going to feel re- and just on on the basis that I'll feel really, really good. I'll, no, I'll, I'll feel I'll feel so good if we win. Slightly less good if we draw. But I, I mean, you know, my prediction will be right if we actually lose. It's just a mental game I'm playing with myself, basically. So I thought you were about to say I'll be so delighted if we win. <laughs> Okay, if we draw, but as long as I have a lovely Greek dinner, I couldn't give a crap. <laughs> no, no, quite the opposite. I'm so um, riled up. I'm so tense, fulfilled with tension and anxiety about it that somehow I feel like if I predict that we're going to lose, they'll make the they'll make everything seem feel better for me. It's just it's just a ridiculous yeah. Look, it's going to be it's going to be brilliant. Like how, how great that as Dean put it, that it probably is the biggest yeah. game at Premier League Premier League. Uh, era at the Emirates that we are in a title race we're playing Manchester City we are top of the league let's enjoy it because it's even been a while since we had a a game this this is I meant to say this right at the beginning this is exactly the game that I dreamt we would have all those years ago in when we did the podcast with Ben Winston and you know Dan Baldwin and we you know we're all in a rut Arsenal in a rut this is what we dream this is this is all I've dreamt of so I'm completely thrilled and delighted could not be happier that we're at this moment the and I totally agree with Dean it is the biggest game of of, of this era it, but it's just it's it's just it's just so important imagine if we get that if we actually beat them we'd be six points ahead of them with a game in hand insanity so anyway but Dean absolutely brilliant thanks so much AF AF Camden on the Twitter um josh good luck with martin keown and getting there 5 30 on wednesday wish me luck to get all our gang there for seven o'clock slash 7 30 it'll be a miracle but i'm sure it can happen and we'll be back next week to discuss whatever the fuck happens in that game bye if you want to advertise on or sponsor this show check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk Sports Social Podcast Network.